0: Welcome back to Silent Exposure. I am your host, Mitchell Crosson. Doing this one a little bit early, Saturday night. Usually I do these Sunday morning, but this episode is going to be exclusively surrounding the game between Ohio State and Michigan, so I went ahead and started recording this Saturday night. There's still a handful of games going on at the time I'm recording this. Notre Dame is down 17 to USC right now, and I'll kind of recap some of the other games when we go live on tiktok for the cfp rankings on tuesday i'll quickly touch on you know the winners of these games and who's still alive in playoff contention but this game ohio state and michigan was clearly the game of the week it felt like it was going to be one of those game of the year type of showdowns two freight trains undefeated teams on a crash collision course to meet with each other and michigan pretty much steamrolled ohio state in the second half in route to their second straight win over the Buckeyes. I'm not going to spend time recapping the game. I mean, you guys know what happened. But instead, I just want to touch upon what the hell went wrong for Ohio State and what went right for Michigan. I do want to primarily start with Ohio State because I have a few things to say. First of all, it's official. There has been a changing of the guard, and there is now a new king in the Big Ten, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. Even though I am an Ohio State fan, some people may say I'm biased, I really didn't think this was the case last year in Ann Arbor, because it's a one-off, right, and especially considering how dominant Ohio State has been. So, for instance, in 2011, when Michigan won, now I know that was special circumstances with how bad and Ohio State was a 6-7 team, the whole fallout with Jim Trestle, whatever. Michigan won that game in 2011, and no one really thought it was a changing of the guard. Not that it was a similar vibe last year, but Ohio State had won every game from 2012 through 2019. Obviously, 2020, they didn't play. That was canceled. 2021 comes around. Michigan wins, and it was, well, this could be a changing of the guard, but we don't know yet. It's also possible it could just be a one-off. Well, it's not just a one-off. Cause Michigan won again and it's going to be at the big house next year Ohio State's going to be breaking in a new QB next year assuming CJ leads for the draft which he will JJ McCarthy is going to be back from Michigan I mean I don't want to get ahead of myself and look ahead but Michigan could easily turn this into a three-game win streak but to get back to the point I was making this is two dominant double-digit wins in a row for the Wolverines over the Buckeyes and it's going to turn into consecutive Big Ten championships when Michigan rolls into Indy and destroys, I think it's Purdue. I think it was confirmed today that Purdue will be representing the awful Big Ten West in the Big Ten championship. And you can't convince me otherwise that Ohio State is still the king. That's not true. Michigan beat them twice in a row in dominant fashion and is going to win the Big Ten twice in a row. There's nothing else you could see to go, mm, I'm not quite there yet. No, Michigan is the new king in the Big Ten. Okay, so <laughs> I mentioned I wanted to start with Ohio State, and I started talking about how Michigan's the new king. To get into Ohio State, this, this Ohio State team, they had the revenge factor. They had all the momentum in the world. It felt like everything was aligned, not to just win. I mean, this was a good Michigan team, is a good Michigan team, clearly. But to at least be competitive, to at least have maybe a one score game, last second field goal, touchdown away. I mean, not to lose by 22 points, and they allowed Michigan to drop not only 28 in the second half, but 21 points came in the fourth quarter. And Ohio State was held to three points in the second half. They were outscored 28 to three after halftime. That is ridiculous. Michigan completely ran away with this thing and here's the deal with Ryan Day and I mentioned that earlier Ryan Day 2019 his first season as head coach for the Buckeyes they go to the big house undefeated and stomp Michigan 2020 the game didn't play Michigan had a COVID breakout game was canceled and we all know what happened last year 2021 and what happened today 2022 so what do we know ryan day is one and two in the series the one game came in 2019 his first official year as head coach and he had guys by the name of jordan fuller jeff okuda jk dobbins chase young and i wasn't quite on this train yet but you can see where the point that i'm getting to is that these were urban myers guys and this goes back to the comment that jim harbaugh made after defeating Ohio State last year 2021 when he said something along the lines of some people are on third some people are on third base and they think they hit a triple or whatever pretty much saying that Ryan Day was just handed that program pretty much saying how he truly felt about Ryan Day as a coach and probably pointing to that 2019 game saying well if you gave me J.K. Dobbins who rushed for 2,000 yards that year you know first round talent in the backfield or secondary I should say with Jeff Okuda Jordan Fuller, All-American Chase Young. Yeah, I could be very successful as well. So honestly, this feels like the ceiling for Ryan Day. Winning games, and they kind of scrape by some of them, but you still have to give them credit because they did win, and they were 11-0. and They beat Notre Dame, which Notre Dame isn't a great team, but they're an okay team. They're ranked, and they've improved, but they're below Michigan. They're below their Big Ten championships. Right now, what you saw earlier today Versus Michigan, that feels like the ceiling for this Ryan Day at Ohio State. Now, if you look at just talent on the roster, top to bottom, since Urban Meyer left, Ryan Day has actually done a very good job keeping top-tier talent here. And you could even say, in some regard, that some positions have been recruited better than when Urban was here. So the talent isn't questioned, isn't questioned at all. Ohio State, top to bottom, has more talent than Michigan. But when it comes to the coaching, I don't know what's going on with Ryan Day. The play calling, he is still calling plays. I think he has to give that up. There were a couple fourth downs today where he chose to punt instead of going for it, chose to kick field goals. Not that it would have mattered too much, but you could visibly see the frustration on the players' faces, on C.J. Stroud's faces. And I was wondering that myself. There was a drive in the second half when Ohio State's defense got a stop. They... Got a punt from Michigan, really good field position, fair catch at like the Michigan 49-yard line. And then one play, you know, they pick up 25 yards, but it was called back for, I think, a holding penalty. And then a really stupid boneheaded play where G. Scott had like a taunting or some sort of unsportsmanlike penalty. So that was, you know, the holding and the unsportsmanlike, 25 yards, backed him up. It was then first and 35. And Ohio State ran three plays and got back to like 4th and 5, and it honestly looked pretty easy when they ran those three plays. So 4th and 5, you're damn near back in Michigan territory, or maybe you are back in Michigan territory at that point, point. and you're down, and Ryan Day decides to punt? It was just a really questionable call. I don't know how you could punt in that situation. You can see CJ was pretty much almost forcing the punt team off the field, but again, it's not his call. But there are situations like that Throughout the game, that really makes me question Ryan Day, his decision-making, and his play calling. Now, it's not all on him. Jim Knowles, the brand-new defensive coordinator, is being paid pretty much $2 million a year. Defense did not look great, and especially the corners, the secondary. The corners have been bad and been getting burned the entire year. A lot of people, I saw some of these national sports writers, people like Colin Cowherd, people who don't really watch Ohio State or all of their games, the nitty and gritty. They're like, wow, like, didn't expect to see this today. And Ohio State fans will tell you, the cornerback play has been bad. Abysmal at times throughout this year, especially last year or last week against Maryland. I mean, they were getting burned, and they got burned today. I didn't think J.J. McCarthy would beat them the way he did. He went 12-24 of for 263 and three touchdowns through the air. A lot of that came just in those big play spurts. But I did not think he was going to go for those bombs. Now, his receivers were wide open. Some of it was a scheme thing. Some of it was a coverage breakdown. But Jim Knowles is being paid $2 million a year, and it felt like Ohio State defensively didn't really make too many adjustments in the second half. Now, in the first half, Michigan was killing them on those pass plays, but they couldn't run the ball. In the second half, Michigan's great O-line started to get the push, started to open up holes. That's when you saw Donovan Edwards start to pop off on those big runs because Ohio State was already struggling to stop the pass from Michigan. So Michigan was no longer a one-dimensional offense at that point. They could air it out. They could run the ball. Ohio State's concerned because they can't stop the ball in the air. Then they can't stop the ball on the ground. And that's when you see those 21 points from Michigan come crashing in the fourth quarter. So now I'll kind of transition to Michigan, but I'm also going to be talking about Ohio State because this next piece, I think, goes hand in hand. So let's go back to last year, 2021. In Ann Arbor, at the big house, snowing, sure. Just the energy of that game, great atmosphere. Michigan was due for a win. Ohio State had a brand-new quarterback. I know CJ Stroud was playing very good then. True freshman at running back. Defensively, that Ohio State team was really bad. What I'm trying to get at is Michigan won that game because they were able to dictate and do what they wanted to do. Michigan wants to win by running the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage, using their offensive line and defense. So Michigan won the game last year doing what they wanted to do, controlling the line of scrimmage, running the ball, and defensively they didn't allow Ohio State to hit too many big plays over the top, or really at all. I mean, I know they had some nice balls last year, but nothing to spark that avalanche of points that we've grown accustomed to seeing Ohio State do. So if you're Ohio State, and this is exactly what Ryan Day did, you recognize what your opponent beat you with, you know, okay, defensively, I have a problem. Let me go out, get a really good defensive coordinator. He's going to come in, revamp the defense. It's going to be better. We also know that we can't run the ball and pick up a first down on third and two. We're going to bring in a new old line coach. We're going to keep our running backs coach, but we are going to make changes to adjust for what needs to be fixed. This year, Michigan didn't beat Ohio State with their own game. They beat Ohio State with Ohio State's game. They were hitting them with the av- avalanche of points. They were hitting them with the big-time plays, especially through the air. That is what I'm concerned about as an Ohio State fan, is I'm looking at this game, and I'm going, I, I don't know like what Ohio State needs to do to fix this, without this swing in the rivalry getting out getting out of even more control. Because last year, you can point to the defense. The defense could not get off the field in the second half. The defense could not stop the run, fix the defense. You could also point to the fact that we could not pick up a first down on the ground. There were things that you could point at and say, it sucks that it didn't work, but we have to fix those things. This game, this year, I mean, clearly the secondary play was bad for Ohio State but like offensively they were moving the ball but they were shooting themselves in the foot CJ had a pretty good game I know people think he had a worse game than he did yeah he had some missed passes he had a couple turnovers but those were way late in the game when he was trying to be superhero and do everything but like offensively it felt like they were fine they just ended up shooting themselves in the foot penalties killed their drives I mean I'll give Michigan defense credit again they played with a couple too high. They didn't want Ohio State to get rolling too much. But I just look at this and I go, this feels like more of a internal, inside of the program thing that Ohio State has to work out. And to be honest, I thought that they worked out any sort of the toughness conversation, the we weren't ready for Michigan conversation, we overlooked them conversation from last year, because the whole conversation has been Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. We want revenge. It's been too long. It felt like this team was ready. It felt like they'd been scarred from last year. They said they'd been scarred, and they've been scarred again. And I don't know what to point at and say, that needs to be fixed. Fix that, and we can swing this thing around again. I really don't know what it is. Okay, a quick, full transition to Michigan here before we sign off. I don't want to sit here and say it's Michigan's year. It doesn't feel like it's anybody's year. There's no super team, right? 2019 LSU, it felt like it was their year. 2020 Alabama, it felt like it was their year. Last year, 2021 Georgia, even though they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game with how good their defense was, it still kind of felt like their year. There's no team like that this year. Now I know Georgia is 12 and 0. They beat Tennessee. They looked really good at times. They've also looked beatable. They don't look invincible. It's been kind of hard to get a read on Georgia because they're just kind of in cruise control. They play Georgia Tech today, whatever. I mean, they've locked up a spot in the SEC championship game, and then they're going to play LSU. And by the time that I'm dropping this pod, or recording, I should say, Texas A&M is beating LSU 38-23 with 141 left in the fourth. LSU's not going to beat Georgia, right? So, Georgia's good, but they're not invincible. Now, Georgia did punch Michigan in the mouth last year. This Michigan team thinks they're better than the team last year, and that's without Aiden Hutchinson or a Jabo. J.J. McCarthy, I think, grew up a little bit in this game. He had some receivers that are wide open, but he didn't miss them. He hit them in stride. He looks pretty good. I mean, he's a five-star. He's a sophomore. You knew that a game like this was coming. I just didn't think it would happen against Ohio State. I didn't think it was going to throw for three touchdowns. And you proved me wrong. My point is, who's the real threat to Michigan? Like, who's going to stop Michigan from winning the national championship? Georgia? I guess. But Georgia hasn't looked great. I mean, we'll see how they play against LSU, but that's not going to tell us much once LSU loses this game. And this game's pretty much over. 17 seconds left, LSU's down 15. To a bad A&M team. So the SEC championship isn't really going to tell us too much. The Big Ten Championship isn't going to give us anything. Purdue is a four-loss team. Michigan's probably going to roll Purdue. And credit to TCU. They won today. I imagine they'll probably get into the playoff, assuming they do win the Big 12. And then that fourth spot, what a mess. I don't know. Clemson lost today. USC is up 10 right now on Notre Dame with 737 left. I'm going to assume USC closes that out, but... It's college football. You can't assume anything, so I'll have to circle back on that tomorrow Tuesday if USC does not win. But, man, I don't know who's a real threat to Michigan other than Georgia. I think you could throw in USC and Caleb Williams because of how electric Killed is. Caleb is probably going to win the Heisman. I don't know what his numbers are right now, but if he has pretty good numbers against USC— or I should say against Notre Dame, I think USC could test Michigan. It's it's hard. Uh, you know. I, I, don't, I don't think TCU is really going to test anybody in the playoff that much. They've done a good job remaining undefeated. Maybe their offense can hit some guys o- over the top like they've done throughout the year. But I think TCU kind of feels like a lock to be a loss in one of the CFP semifinals. There's no super team this year. So... With whoever gets in, they all have a pretty good chance to take home the crown this year. But I think this Georgia-Michigan match that we potentially could get is going to be much more balanced this year, especially seeing J.J. McCarthy play like he did today against Ohio State. And a national championship for Michigan would be the absolute last thing Ohio State fans want to happen this year. Now, is it possible Ohio State sneaks into the playoff? Yes. Sure. I guess you could say two-loss Alabama is somehow still alive. Clemson is officially, officially out after suffering their second loss today to South Carolina. But I'm assuming USC takes care of business. It's going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. If no one loses, those are your four teams that are in. If USC does lose, oh, man. You know, we're going to assume that LSU does lose another game, which they're losing to A&M right now, like we said, so they're done, three losses. Ohio State and Alabama, and I guess the Pac-12 champ could all be battling for that that spot. I don't think the Pac-12 champ is going to get in, because if USC does lose, all Pac-12 teams have two losses, and the Pac-12 has kind of been looked over already, so there is a path for Ohio State to get in. If they get in, would they play well? I have no idea. Would they want to rematch against Michigan? I'm sure they would. Would I be at all confident thinking Ohio State can handle that? Not at all. Okay, that is going to be it for this episode of SE. Thanks for listening. Felt like I was kind of all over the place on this one. Trying to wrap my head around the game. It's still just, it's shocking. It's surprising to see how this played out. Ohio State had the revenge factor. They were at home. The shoe was rocking. The crowd was juiced. I thought a Michigan win was definitely possible, maybe even probable, if Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards were 100% healthy, or as close as to 100% as you can get, but they weren't, and Blake Corum barely even played, and I thought, okay, Ohio State's controlling this first half, I know Michigan had those two big plays, but here we are now, Michigan got a big win, they feel like a lock to the playoff, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on everything other than Twitter at Silent Expose. College football rankings, updated rankings coming out Tuesday, seven PM Eastern. We go live on TikTok every time to see those updated rankings. So join us then if you want to see the updates. And that's the end of the regular season. It's time to focus on the postseason. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Bucks.